following The Leftovers, the officially unofficial podcast for The Leftovers on HBO. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And tonight we're covering Season 1, Episode 4, entitled BJ and the AC. Blowjob and air conditioning, my favorite type. <laughs> Before we get into the actual episode, I have a confession. That my theory from last episode was completely bullshit. Which one? Which one? <laughs> That's a fair question. Uh, the one about the judge having anything to do with denying money to matt and his wife's uh uh pockets after the fact because obviously he disappeared during the departing that was my fault didn't even think of that he you mean he couldn't he didn't have any standing uh to uh preside over any kind of when you're disappeared no not really yeah, you don't have any uh, kind of standing there. I I also partially blame you for not calling me on my shit. So <laughs> what's funny is I, I want to spread the blame I, around. A I little. called you on every other angle of the shit. I just yeah. forgot the most obvious one. Allison Davis, the first one that she said that like okay. right off the bat on Facebook. Yeah, and and it's totally obvious. Yeah, no, we we should be <laughs> humiliated and ashamed. I am. I, am. I was. I had I had seven almost six days to get over it. So okay, and it's it's really I'm I'm embarrassed for you. Sure. More than anything. Yeah, no. Is that embar- a personal sense of embarrassment? I'm embarrassed for me, too, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, so there's, do you want to talk about anything before we get into the actual episode? So we talked about this being the one uh, episode that did not get sent out for the critics' perusal. Yeah, why did And I was that reading is? that in, into that, and Sep and Wall did some digging at, I guess there's this big uh, professional screeners, Ooh, writers association. Fancy thing going on right now where they do all the new pilots and stuff anyway uh he was talking to and i and i i, I think what happened is uh leslie linka gladder was one of the directors okay there's two credited directors which almost never happens on in this the television episode? series before okay. yes and she had filmed a bunch of stuff and they had some last minute reshoots for this episode and she was not available because she had already started up her regular home homeland gig Oh, okay. So this other guy had to step in and do it. There's some speculation that this caught this was a really messy episode, and there's a lot of problems with it. They had a lot to do, a lot of fixing, and huh. and that's one of the reasons that they held, withheld it from the critical review because it would be such a turd. <laughs> uh, Sebenwald says, you know, that doesn't seem to be the case because uh, Carl Franklin came in, and I honestly, I, I can't tell that this is like directed by two separate people and. That had like no. two competing visions, and I don't think it's definitely not as intense as last episode. Okay, but that's sure. you know last episode was an exceptional. It's not as focused either. It's certainly there are a lot of really just unanswered questions uh, overall in this episode, yeah. and it felt a lot looser than last last episode. Yeah. Um. So it was co-written by Damian Lindelof and Elizabeth Pierce- Peterson. Okay. Uh, the interesting thing about this is that the ratings have started to kind of rebound. I know that HBO doesn't really give a shit. Yeah, uh, yeah. I read an article from an HBO staffer that said that they really only care about uh, any, that they use two things to judge it by: critical acclaim and subscriptions, new subscriptions generated. So hmm. the rate the, the ratings don't so they really do care mean... about ratings, just not the same ratings that television cares about. Yeah, presumably, general. and that's got to be somewhat of a misnomer. Because some of their established shows surely don't generate very much in the way of new subscriptions, but they, you know... They keep people in. Exactly. Yeah. 
So, but it it's finally rebounded to almost what it had in the beginning. It's uh, like 1.62 million people are seeing its first airing, which is slightly down from like 1.78 from the pilot. Okay, but it's a lot up from the 1.3s it was pulling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Probably on the back of that episode last week. Yeah, I mean, it seems like last week got a lot of people talking about this show. Yeah, that it changed I had, my perspective on it, certainly. That I hadn't noticed before. I've always enjoyed the show. I thought last week mm-hmm. was just exceptionally well done. Yeah. But, um, so, what did you think of this episode? Uh, well, like I said, it felt a lot looser. Um, there were some questions raised that I think are interesting, uh, as far as, you know, the baby Jesus and and what his significance is and what happened with Tom's breaks and stuff like that. But to be clear, the titles episode is an actuality a reference to the baby Jesus and the antichrist. Potentially. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to come out and say that, but I think it's fairly obvious, uh, given that there are two babies in this show and that one is perceived, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's very different from, the way that Tom perceives and the people of Mapleton perceive the baby Jesus. Right. No, I mean... I don't know exactly what we're supposed to take away from Christine's whole adventure. Right. I'm just not sure. That dream stuff is very weird. All the people in white, like, what does that actually mean well, to her and to us? The other thing that calls... Because I was thinking that this had to be a dream the first time I watched it. Uh, because she adamantly denied it and, you know, whatever. But the more I think about it, the more I think about her interactions with that soldier on the bus, the more I think about that maybe she isn't as careful as she should be and that she actually did blab this guy a little bit too much and he's a little crazy anyway. Yeah. And maybe that's why she reached out because God God loved the cults. They do love to uh, uh, spread their good news to troubled people. Also, think about... What he said. Are we just going to talk about this this whole dream sequence and Christine and Tom's yeah, adventure? Okay. I mean, we're, we're we're halfway into it anyway. Sure, let's go for it. So think about what this guy actually said. He just mm-hmm. said they're all in white. They're all in white. He you're, could be babbling about the but, guilty remnant. No, he, he's he's because I wrote this down because I figured okay. there would be some. Uh, he said, uh, "You she walks over the dead all in white." The dead all in white okay. is very specific to that highway thing. So that does is seem... It, is it? That couldn't be a metaphor for the, no, the guilty remnant as well? You're right. I That's mean, what I'm saying. That, like, this is, again, the show is is treading a line between the metaphysical and the physical. because It it's, certainly is. Yeah. It's, it's fish-nado-level plausible that he could just <laughs> be making a broad statement about the guilty remnant and uh-huh. the departed, and then it just so coincidentally happens that this... Uh, pile of fake dolls which i'm not sure everyone got that on the first viewing that these were the fake dolls were that were advertised an episode before that if you mail in your family's likeness and photographs they'll make a very realistic like real doll sure uh, out of silicone and make it up and you can bury it to get closure sure for some people that might help yeah i mean judeo-christian burial customs really give me the creeps i don't get it (laughs) But yeah. you're right. That statement that you said for some people would help, and for even more people, they would just try it for the shit of it. Yeah, uh, yeah. is is a true statement. Sure. And hell, you could pay for it out of your departure benefit. So I'm sure that's one of the yeah. many feeds. They, they'll probably even pre-sell you to it and help you with the departure oh, paperwork. You know, it's yeah, like fly by night tax They're services. Probably going to make a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. The guy made a billion dollars. Uh, 
okay, so aside from whether or not that dream was actually prophetic, what do you think it's supposed to mean to us? Well, it just, again, it just depends. Is this, are these all have rational explanations? Mm Mm-hmm. Or is there something that this event has kicked off that's supernatural in nature that, um, you know, are we supposed to be disturbed that uh, this poor man's Borat uh, comes in (laughs) floppy dick? That fucking scene was straight out of Borat. With his his, uh, dick flopping prophecies, his floppacies, saying, I know what's in you, kind of sinister with the AC, the Antichrist, perhaps, in the title. Mm-hmm. Um and Wayne kind of seems a little on the sinister side of manic. Yeah, uh, holy Wayne here. I, I, wait, I wait, don't wait. know. You're talking about the hugger, the right? hugger Wayne. Okay, mm-hmm. I didn't know if you were confusing him with Tom. No, 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 no. He Tom... also seems kind of sinister in a lot of ways. <laughs> yeah, Tom just seems like an idiot. Tom mishandles this situation so badly sure that i was yelling at my television sure you are an idiot you I... are ruining you're the problem here she is not necessarily the problem if this guy killed a man without hesitation to protect this woman but he lets floppy dick get in a couple licks on her before he swings an emotion and he wasn't i don't think he's he... oblivious man he's not paying attention to what's going on around him because when he get when the floppy dick comes in to the room mm-hmm. you can see the look on christine's face as she notices and he's just looking at her for mm-hmm. a good 30 seconds I until know. this guy comes all the way in all I know. the way around him he doesn't even turn to see what's going on i know and then he does the same thing when he steps off the bus with the bodies. He's super passive. over the highway. He's with... looking the opposite direction when he gets off the bus. And Soldier Boy is clearly moving in on something of of the of, yeah. the, of Christine's goodies. I mean, you the bus stopped for a reason in front of you, right? Not behind right. you, right? Yeah. No, he's. I don't know. Something Plus, I don't like about. It. I I don't think the actor is very strong. Uh, I think his character is. Poor. We don't know enough about his character to say either way. We, he, oh, I think he, the way he get... he's reacting to these situations is extremely poor. But he's supposed to be like what twenty years old? He was like a. I, I'm, guess. I, I think he was like a. I got gathered that he was like a college freshman when he saw those people jump off the roof and commit suicide. And so our so then and we're his mom's abandoned to, him. We're supposed to see at the beginning that he doesn't believe her that this is a prophetic dream, and then at the end yes. he he does when the yes. bodies are there. Yes. Okay. Um. Because she even says it's just like the dream. Uh, yeah, but the whole point of him saying, no, this is your fault, you were blabbing, is to show us that he doesn't believe that the dream, that the crazy guy, crazy bearded German man, as he's credited, right, <laughs> is actually prophetic. I guess. Yeah, because he doesn't believe it. He's, I, But that's weird because he serves a guy that he thinks gives magical hugs. Right. So you'd think he'd be a little bit more credulous at Although least in this. Although he doesn't want one himself, so maybe he is. Well, but maybe that could be... That could be just a fact that he doesn't feel like he deserves it yet. Yeah, we've talked about that. We talked about the fact that sure. we think that he's a relatively new acolyte, surely within the last six months, unless yeah, unless his mom. Are we sure that Lori leaving precipitated him joining the Holy Wayne? I mean, he could have left no, before, no. and that could have nudged her into the guilty remnant section. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about that and timing and stuff. And All I know we'll is it. if a guy, naked guy came after the girl I was supposed to protect, I would go for the dick grab almost immediately. Oh, okay. Because yeah. I bet this guy stopped raving about his dream and stops trying to punch and kick her belly if I got <laughs> his balls in my hand and I'm squeezing the shit out of him. 
<laughs> probably, yeah. I bet that yeah, I, that would probably work. I bet that would get the upper hand. Mm-hmm. No one wants to go for the dick though. You'd have to give him the lower hand to get the upper hand. You'd have to go for <laughs> <laughs> grab for the scrot and the throat. That is absolute <laughs> dominance, and he will not be able to do shit about it. Scrot and throat. I'll remember that. Yeah, double hander. <laughs> Go for the tubes. Oh, man. Always go for the tubes in a fight. <laughs> the throat tubes and the scrote tubes. Okay. All right. Uh, what else is there as far as this dream and this these bodies on the road? Anything? Or do we want to move on to something else? Uh, is it – I mean, we, we learned a couple things though, if we're staying with the Tommy arc. The fact that the mm-hmm. guilty remnant is indeed in other places than upstate New York. Sure. It's in – some uns- do we know in where in Texas he is? Is he in I Dallas say or Amarillo? But I'm not sure. Okay, but we know it's definitely other places than yeah. Uh, what's the name? Trenton Mapleton. or Mapleton? It's definitely other places in Mapleton. Yeah. We also kind of got introduced as barefoot men cult, mm-hmm. where they paint the targets on their head and they go around barefoot. We I've heard I've not noticed them, but I've heard uh, on Reddit that we see them in the background of other episodes as well. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't seen them as either. So, but uh, it's it is effective camouflage. Yeah, yeah, it works. People don't want to be hassled, and so they don't engage you when you're indeed you, when you're dressed you up see like those a lunatic people moving at the airport or knocking on your doors. It's like shh, shh. He should have <laughs> just gone to Goodwill and grabbed some stuff off the white rack and been a guilty remnant. Mm, no one had, would talk to you then. But then he have to have a pregnant woman smoking. That's no good. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess, yeah. Although if you got the if you're cooking the Antichrist, what's what's it gonna hurt? <laughs> sure. Method up, nicotine it up, probably help. drop acid, yeah. whatever. Have a blood alcohol level of two percent. What's it gonna hurt? All right, so yeah, there's that other cult. There are a lot of cults in the show. Anything we else got on with Tommy? The fact that we know that we we found out that Kevin now is not Tom's real dad. Yeah, it's a stepfather. And from Lori's confession slash divorce announcement slash self-centered bullshit, we understand <laughs> that there was some pretty heavy shit going down between Kevin, but uh, you know, with Tom that he had some rough circumstances, and Lori's fucked up situation extended to him, and that him and Tom might have had a rocky relationship that he didn't, he, you know, he kind of rejected Tom. Uh, that really. I felt added a level of poignancy to their missed connections. The fact that he cares about this kid. Sure. And the fact that uh, when he was really afraid and in trouble before Wayne showed up, he was going to call, stoop to calling the old man. Uh, There's that. And then there's the idea that when Kevin finally does call because he wants to talk to Tom, Tom's waiting on another call from a guy who is probably more of a father at this point to him than Kevin is. Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I, it does give... Uh, or at least he's depending on this guy far more than his father. <laughs> it's funny that Tom took this phone call from this robo robocaller. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he took that as a message from Wayne. Mm-hmm. That, like, at this point when he's asking for... And I guess that's that that makes sense, right? If you're asking if you're for, a sign, for a sign, any kind of sign, mm-hmm. and the phone call that's... With the happy face that's never rung before rings, even if it is something. But it's it's also the message. Do you think if it was like because because we're just talking about for weeks, I've been plagued with robocalls want to sell me a fucking home security, mm-hmm. and there's there's nothing I can do to stop them. I've 
I, I've tried leaving a message. I've tried hitting numbers and zeros. Nothing, nothing. They just keep calling and pitching me, and I can't make them stop. Do you think if they called and it had been a pitch for a home security system or a baby – well, maybe baby life insurance is bad uh, – a home security system, he would have taken that? Or the fact that they're saying, are you feeling lost, alone, like you're at the end of your rope? I mean do you think it was the part of the, the, the message and the timing or is it just purely the timing? Uh, I, I think it's both. Um, I think certainly that's what those kind of messages are aimed to do, right? Hit Hit the points that – every human at some point feels in their life and just canvas them with that. And eventually you hit the people at the right time with the right, the, the message that's generic enough to where everyone feels that. All right. Anything else to talk about Tom before I want to talk a little bit about the BJ. Uh, no, let's, let's go to the BJ, the baby J yep. open up with a pretty rad scene of these things being mass produced at the market. Uh-huh. We go from latex injection to swaddling at the manger, mm-hmm. to being stolen, to being desecrated, to being lost, to being found, to ultimately being rejected. What does this say about religion's role in the series, if anything? Um, in the series as a whole, I'm not certain it it shows us anything conclusive. I think certainly religion has been a big part of what's gone on after the departing and and i think we get some answers as to whether uh, the question we had last week about whether matt's preaching and his kind of divisive uh the divisive nature of his campaign is driving people away from his congregation or religion as a whole is on the wane and i think it's the former i think he's actually driving people away uh, but I, I think this says more about just the way Tom or Kevin is feeling about religion and about the event and whether this was something spiritual or just something that happened. Yeah, and it's also – I think it's another example of the series kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth about the importance of religion. Uh-huh. Because on the one hand, you know, we talked about in the pilot how the kids, at least half the kids, were praying in school uh, yeah, along yeah. with the, the Pledge of Allegiance. I believe this manger is depicted to be shown on public property. Hmm. Okay. It's either the school or the town's deal, and that would be a seemingly clear violation of the First Amendment. And Yeah, we, we have those I mean, all and, over and, the and, place anyway. So and, and nowadays <laughs> it seems like you wouldn't have that, but it seems like that maybe some of those barriers are broken down. But they also seem to want the, us to believe that religion's kind of – uh, taking a shot in the old uh, ball tubes of late, uh, and and I feel like yeah, that this maybe. this mass produced uh, make it a a point of it being the budget line baby. Yeah, a Ford a, a Fordo a, or something. Yeah, like that this that. this woman goes out and it's it's probably just a replacement for a for a Jesus, a much nicer Jesus like Matt replaced it at the end of. Yeah, um, it, it's been broke. Mm-hmm. That she's like, go and get like get the cheapest fucking baby and wrap it up and put it in this damn manger. And uh-huh. then when they finally find it, the townsfolk are like, eh. You know, there was yeah, not this excitement. No one gave a shit. Mm-hmm. Kevin abandons, abandons it. I feel like there's it's a, it's trying to be a statement of the role of religion in this, this universe. Yeah, I, you could certainly see it that way. Um they were definitely lukewarm to that reception, and yet they were. I know Chris, Christmas is kind of becoming 
a more secular thing um, as opposed to going back to its religious roots, but that was a Christmas celebration, right? Well, it was the launch. The sell, it's ostensibly the the launch the the new library, right? But yeah, it also tied in with Christmas. It was like a Christmas time dance. Yeah, he's like people want to relax. It's the holidays. Mm-hmm. They just want to have a few drinks, right? Uh, and, and I I have a hard time believing that a town the size of Mapleton is equipped to deal with a hundred drunk people calling cabs at the same time. <laughs> I, or I even find has that a cab service. It might not even have cab service. Yeah. Uh, so what about the scheme to replace the baby Jesus? What about it? That go, seemed like horseshit from the beginning. I mean, sure. uh, things like this happen at that time of year just for heartwarming things like Matt to go up and donate anonymously a baby. You don't need the police to solve this crime. And the chief this, of police at that. The chief of police. And, and he, the mayor just wanted to fake it. He's like, yeah. fuck it. If I have to do this stupid bullshit, I'm going to do it correctly uh-huh. i kind of know the fuckers are probably responsible so i'm gonna lean on the stupider ones uh the wonder twins yeah and uh well someone on facebook made a comment that uh one of the one of the guys uh of the prius guys reminded her of todd i'm like they don't both don't you remind mean you? both <laughs> remind you of todd like which one has got the quintessential todd quality and which one doesn't i'm gonna stay awake yeah. at night pondering that comment like what does it mean am i missing something is this woman unusually perceptive when it comes to twins i don't i just don't get it i don't know uh what did you think of that i i felt like the whole thing was horseshit and stupid so if it just the idea that he's even gonna bother yeah trying to track down this baby jesus yeah yeah i'm kind of with you uh i tell the mayor to fuck herself well he's he's feeling he's feeling guilty about it when he goes to the store he either feels like some religious twinge saying that this is wrong for me to take a shitty baby from a store uh, that's mass produced and put it in the place of, as his daughter said, a sacred baby Jesus. Well, her daughter's his daughter's full of shit. Certainly. I mean, she's just guilting him into why? Like, because she saw she didn't see the shortcut coming and she was like, oh, damn, my plan didn't work. But they don't, what's they her don't plan? give a shit. Like, why is she trying to fuck with her dad so much? That's the, a, that's a, the question I think that you want to answer. Because here, bef- before this episode, if you'd uh, asked me, why is the relationship strained? It's because it be the, the mom's gone, and there's probably some blame there, and maybe she know, and she must know about the cheating on some level. Blah blah blah. I yeah. feel like from this episode, I got the clear impression that Lori doesn't know that she was cheated on. Yeah, seems like it. But Jill could still know. Oh, I don't know. I, that I, would be an interesting thing to keep from us as the audience. Sure. I'm not used to that kind of you know non-binary revelation. Oh, well, get used to it. It's Damon Lindelof. <laughs> uh, Damien only yeah. deals in trinary decision trees. But I think that's the point of some of these scenes, um, especially with her friend, uh, whose name I can't remember at this point. Amy. 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 She's got something going on. She's she's Yeah, uh, she's got maybe a little thing for Kevin or something. That's the thing. She doesn't I don't feel like she has but she also got this weird religious twinge, like, whoa, 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 you guys, uh, Roman helmet, that's too far. Yeah, but so I can tie that back to Kevin. So if she's interested in whatever way in Kevin, she sees the daughter being a shit to her father. She sees Jill just being nasty for nasty's sake. And and like you said, her And and as soon as she mentions that her dad might 
have some things he's got to work on and he might have feelings and be a human fucking being Mm -hmm. she jumps into action to make it even worse Mm. and then amy looks at her and she's like god damn it i can't believe she's doing this it's not all kevin's fault here jill is being a shit too so you don't think it's because amy was kind of being a shit about it too because she's the one that brought it up like she's shining him on yeah yeah, it's like at one point i think jill stopped becoming fun and games and started becoming like and so so how much of that is just her affection for Kevin that we're speculating on, and how much of it is some vestigial sense of right and wrong or propriety? I, I because, think within the context of this episode, it's probably both. Because if if if, if I believe in Jesus mm-hmm. uh, is, as either a real person or the son of God, okay. I feel like he should probably be above getting his feelings hurt about what's done to a mass-produced replication of him. Uh-huh. Um, that said, I would not desecrate religious icons as a teenager okay. or an adult. So it's like, I don't have any personal feelings, but I feel like that I, I'm aware with my empathy hat that there are people to do mm-hmm. and I wouldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Muslim, Christian, Jew, I'm not going to just fucking piss on someone's tabernacle or shit on a church front step or, you know, break a stained glass window. It's there's why, why yeah. do that? Sure. Uh, I, I, I just got the impression that most of her empathy lied with Kevin okay. in this scenario, where he's going to be out searching for this thing, and he's not going to be able to find it because it's burnt to a crisp. What, what are we supposed to take away from the fact that Jill did not, in fact, light the baby Jesus on fire? Like, she couldn't... That's, that's a good question, Because too. she damn sure didn't act to recover it. Like, we were talking, it's like, yeah. who is going to get that Jesus? <laughs> it's floating away on a frozen lake. I, apparently, the Prius twins tracked it down, mm-hmm. but yeah, that, that seems like you've already... Put the you know baby what? beyond the reach, so why not light it on fire? Are we sure that they didn't buy a baby doll? Oh, and just the fake the whole thing? And just fake it, yeah. Uh, the only reason I'd say no is because the blanket. The blanket's okay. pretty distinctive, and I don't think you can just pick it up anywhere. It and is, I don't think yeah. the, the Prius twins. Now, that's me meta reasoning on the thing. No, like, you're probably I, right. I don't know that the showrunners are expecting us to think of that thing. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing so i watched a thread on reddit where people are dissecting all these hidden meanings and these yeah, these yeah. words and and the most common thing that i hear that's starting to be like my pet peeve was when people say the writers don't intend you to analyze every fucking thing okay i don't think you can say that anymore yeah I, when you're making a show like this mm-hmm. You might that there are a lot of things that they are probably not intending. Yes, but you cannot use that as an argument to not go down that path because it's just as likely that they are intending us to analyze that for either Easter eggs for our own amusement or for hidden yeah. meanings in the show. Sure, like you just you, people need to stop saying that because it's <laughs> it's definitely true. Not everything that's there is there, but you're yeah. not going to know that until the fucking thing's over. That's true. Yeah. So. Anyway, that's a little my a little. Mini I don't know. Rant. I felt like maybe Amy's looks got to Jill at some point, and she understood. Yeah, what I'm doing is just not helping the problem because later on, when there's a big fight between Kevin and his wife, and Jill walks in uh, the next morning when Kevin goes up to her room, she's a little more responsive to actually what he might be feeling. Right? Hmm. Like what was going on? Like what was that all about? I don't know. I thought... She's genuinely curious. Whereas before, I think she would have been, been like, whatever. I don't care. I still, th- I still think she's pretty much little miss bitch. Hat but only on. after Kevin shut her down, he was like, "It's complicated." I don't think that that was a conversation stopper. That was something you say. If it wasn't, then that's why the, did he that's, let? That's the emotional equivalent of like, um, you know, uh, 
it's it's him trying to gather. Kinda. He made no mention of like turning and ending conversation. He's like it's complicated, and then he kind of looked off in the middle distance as if he was going to try to formulate a way to explain hmm. and contextualize to his daughter the awful thing that she saw. Okay, and she's like, you I, know I what? Think it could let me know when it's simple. I'll let you know when it's simple, Jill. Never. Put a fucking gun to your head and pull the trigger because life will never be simple. Okay. Ever. Sure. But he shouldn't have taken that opportunity to roll his eyes, shut the door, and walk out. He Eh. should have taken that opportunity to say, let me try to make it a little simpler. And explain to her what the fuck went on. Yeah, I don't know. It's just poor parenting, right? Um, (laughs) When when your child gets huffy to roll your eyes and slam their door and go to your job. I don't know how I feel about that, because I feel like that's sometimes an acceptable response. It seems like that's all he's been doing, though. Mm. He hasn't ever talked to his daughter, as far as I can tell. He that's does it true. in front of Amy as, like, a show. Yeah, not with the daughter. I mean, there's a lot of things where they're just not communicating, and I don't yeah. know. But, yeah, you're you're probably right. They're, they all need to be in fucking therapy. <laughs> they do. They, uh, one of them more than others. So do we want to talk about Lori? Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Um, can we talk uh, just one other minor thing and then we can talk about her. And then I want to talk about the larger theme about the guilty remnant oh, versus boy. the police department. Oh, geez. And the, the, the guilty remnants that stole, <sighs> that stole Christmas. Yep. Um, are we supposed to, speaking of supernatural versus plausible, are we supposed to get that his car going haywire and almost killing him after he says Jesus fucking Christ is some sort of message from God? Or is that a Chrysler product to being a Chrysler product? <laughs> okay. Those are two plausible explanations. <laughs> uh, I think you're supposed to take away from that what you personally want to take away from that. Um, mm. I think in the context of Kevin himself... What's he? What's he? Like, is he... Is he starting to be a grocery king level of credulous about these coincidences around him? Or is he still trying to be the Scooby-Doo skeptic? So when does this happen? It happens very early on. It happens when he decides, isn't it? I think it happens when he decides to go all in on the baby Jesus investigation. I think it's because of that that he decides to, right? No, I think he was having a conversation about how they were going to do it. And, and then the dog runs out in front of him. And, no, that happens later oh, yeah, on. Yeah, he was on the phone, and the guy said something incredulous about, like, oh, am I, am I supposed to make it my priority? And he came out with the Jesus fucking Christ, and then that's when his car went haywire. Yeah. Uh, I I think he took it as a sign, certainly. Hmm. Because that then, in the episode, he's, he's very much on board with that. Any condition. significance to the stray dog running around out there? Ah. <sighs> I don't know. I haven't interpreted that dog. I don't think Kevin did. It just seemed like he was annoying. It's like, God, one more fucking thing. Yeah. Okay. Uh, What else can we talk about? Talk about Lori. All right. Talk about Lori. Lori is an inconceivable shit. Yes. I I despise Lori at this point. And I feel like we don't know enough of her backstory yet. And maybe there's something that justifies her leaving. But it's hard to see anything that could make me sympathize with her leaving her fucking family as a conscious decision. Here's the thing. We talked about this a little bit on the, um, on, on the, the strain part of our TV podcast we did yesterday. Sure. Like I have, 
I, I pity people in tough situations. You know, it's like, you know, when fathers abandon their children, when mothers abandon their children, when all these things happen, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's a bad situation all around, right? Yeah. Um, but some people, it, it, it takes a lot of courage to face your problems and, and it's a lot easier to run away. I'm not saying it's right. So you think she's I'm just a saying coward. I can I can understand that. It's an act of moral cowardice. What I have a harder time dealing with is a person that not only runs away, but then continues to try to twist a fucking knife in their family's stomach. Because Kevin's right on. Like, I don't hear from you for six months. And you come back with this You shit. come back and not just serve me divorce papers, but then want to make me listen to a secondhand recounting of this terribly private and intimate thing? Uh-huh. Go fuck yourself up a ditch. I mean, yeah. uh, when she, and then, as if that wasn't bad enough, her daughter, mm-hmm. her teenage troubled daughter, comes in and has had the forethought to give her a the, the, to wrap a present on the off chance that her mom might come to her senses on Christmas, yeah. or maybe she's going to visit the house and drop it off. And it's not just that; it's a fucking for a teenager thoughtful gift mm-hmm. of a cigarette lighter. Sure. That's I'm almost I'm I'm taking a step towards trying to understand your fucked up brain, mom. And yeah. I just ask you not forget me. And she drops that <laughs> in a gutter. Yeah, no, when, it's fucking disgusting. When she came back. I was hoping for the worst. I'm like, you fucking get your hand stuck in that fucking gutter. I hope it cuts <laughs> off the circulation. I hope they have to cut off your arm at the elbow. I yep. hope your fingers and toes have to be amputated because <laughs> you have frostbite. You can't communicate on a paper anymore and you you're pathetic smoke. shit. Yeah, you can't smoke. You just have to die in a fire. Yeah, I, I, or someone on Reddit speculated that maybe Tom was or Kevin was going to run over in that massive truck. That also, or or <laughs> the pack of Kevin's dogs came out and just tear yeah. to pieces. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. well, the entire time her arm is stuck in that gutter. Had an extreme reaction to that scene. Like it's too yeah. late. It's too late. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna eat your suffering like delicious ice cream. Yeah. No. Uh, I I am not sure that we're not supposed to be thinking exactly that thing. That it seems like that's what the episode is telling us. Yeah, I mean, there's to hate this woman like right we, now. Now there may be redeeming qualities later on. Who knows? Yeah, like we're, you know, you've got you've got shits like Marco from the bridge. Okay. You got down several rungs. You've got shits like uh, uh, hairpiece from the strain. Uh, Dr. Ephraim. Corey Stahl, yeah. And down at the bottom, you got fucking Lori. Yeah. I just, I, I can't fathom, like, and, and the, her performance, this, the, the, the fucking look on her face that she wears 90% of the time. Yeah. It just inspires this rage inside me. Sure. I think a lot of things about the Guilty Remnant inspire rage. Yeah, I finally come around to you because I thought they were interesting. And they, they kind of still are. Man, they've passed, like, I still want to know their motivations. So let's go in and talk about their their big Before bombshell we do that, act. I have to ask you. Okay. Worst mother of the two Lori G's, Lori Garvey or Lori Grimes? Lori Garvey. I mean, because Lori Grimes at Why least tries. Okay. All right. She doesn't just give up. And, uh-huh. and it's like, what's worse, passive neglect or active neglect? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, no, I'm with you. I despise Lori Garvey at this point. I, 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 man, and 
I don't know because part of me wanted I, I was a little bit more on her side if I, I thought she knew that her husband cheated on her on top of all this crazy shit happening and her and her her boy left and she's got yeah. this complicated backstory. But if she doesn't even know any of that shit, I, it's for me. I don't know. I just and and the fact that you're go to another town, man. If you're going to disappear, mm. go leave. Leave these people alone. Let them heal. This is like a, a Band-Aid that you rip off every fucking day. It feels like that's the point of the Guilty Remnant. That's what they're out to do. That's terrible. to remind people that this fucked up thing happened over and over and over again. But their emotion... I mean, at this point, they're, they've gone from just pure cult recruiting tactics to being emotional terrorists. Like, yeah. breaking no, into right. a person's house is a violation. And then Certainly. stealing the pictures of their loved ones. So it's not that we're just going to be reminders... And we're going to be obnoxious and we're going to harass people, which we had this intense debate at lunch about whether there should be laws against stuff like that. You know, sure. whether that infringes free speech, whether people should be able to allow the camp outside private citizens homes mm-hmm. and follow them as long as they stay on the sidewalk, whether you can protest funerals, all that thing. Um, sure. But it just seems like there's a difference between doing that level of assholery and then consciously like, well, if you're not on our side, we're going to fucking make you. You know, we don't believe in family. We're going to steal your memories of your family. We're going to make you feel unsafe in your homes. These people are... They know that are... they cross a line this episode, certainly. Yeah, I mean... But so do the police. I can't I can't argue either side here because they both do things that, in my mind, are egregious. Uh, just egregious sins. Like, the police arresting someone, even for being on school grounds. School is a public-funded property. Uh-huh. They can be on school grounds. Short of being on a sex offender's list, I don't know of any circumstance under which you can't be on school grounds. It's public property. Now, to say we're going to arrest you if you come on school grounds, that's bad enough. To say, well, these people look like they're on school grounds, even though they know for a fact they're not. And to go arrest them is, in my opinion, disgusting. Really? Just as disgusting as what the guilty remnant are doing here. Yes. No, I can't. That's an abuse of power. That is an abuse of power. But it's a righteous abuse of power. I disagree. They're nonviolent. What are they doing there? All they're doing there is standing, smoking cigarettes. Now, maybe you can make an argument that, oh, they're smoking in the wrong designated areas. So here's the thing. I always think about it like, you know. That's, That's a fucking police state, man. That's bad news all around. I get it, but like, what do you do? Like, if you're, if if God forbid, my boy grows up and he joins the military and he goes gets him killed in some foreign war and he comes back home and the Fred Phelps assholes are picketing his funeral, sure, and got the God's hate fags and your son burning those guys too, yeah, like. There should be something that I I should like if they're going to do that I should be allowed to punch them. No, I should. I no, think a mob should be allowed right. to go and 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 rough then fuck them up. I do. I think. I yeah. Uh, that's probably not right. I'm just saying. <laughs> that's how I feel. That's how you feel. Now, how would you feel about people protesting Bernie Madoff outside of his house? I don't think. That, no, I don't think you should be able to protest people outside a guy of private who residence. Ruin the lives of. Thousands and thousands of people protest this corporation, take to the street, disseminate literature. But no, I don't think you should be able to harass people, even the rich Mm -hmm. and powerful. I don't know about that because we lock people up all the time. Yeah. How is that any less serious than harassing? There's a there's a due process to that because you're just saying you're saying mob. You're, you're, first of all, you're saying that this kind of thing is nonviolent. I don't necessarily because sure. ostracism and that kind of shit is emotionally violent and it and affects people as as surely as yeah, swinging yeah. a fist at their face. I also don't think that 
Um, you, you're saying so this nonviolent type of mob action against private citizens is it acceptable in a way that violent action in pro, in protest of that when no one else will do anything is is morally wrong. I I think it's very very tricky to make a law that would prohibit this. I feel like you Extremely can protest the government. Tricky. You can protest against corporations, but, but private it, citizens, I don't know, man. But when does protesting the government become protesting someone in the government and therefore harass that? If they don't want that kind of heat they can get out. They it's not a law that they have to be government officials. They can step down. Sure. In fact, sure. that's the kind of shit that, that kind of action is designed to do. To apply pressure to public officials, but I mean, I don't know. I I feel like any law you try to write could easily be misused to just start arresting people willy nilly. Yeah, but you know, slippery slope fallacies. Then you could justify the things that the police do even more, even more than they already do when it's in flagrant violation of the law. Certainly, and that's one of the reasons I'm not seriously advocating for that. I'm just saying it seems like... I feel like we've debated too much on this, right? It seems like there should be something that can be done, and also I'm not happy with the guilty remnant. (laughs) Okay, neither am I. (laughs) Fuck those guys. They broke into people's houses. They stole their pictures. I've I've learned to stop worrying and hate the guilty remnant. I'm on your (laughs) side now. I fucking... Okay. They they make my skin crawl. I, I hate them for all sorts of reasons, and this episode just provided one more. Uh, Let's talk about... Um, by the way, I, are we supposed to hate them? Is that surely is that where we're going? Okay. Surely, all thinking, caring people hate the guilty women at this point. Are we being and I don't think slow it's... rolled here? Are we supposed to hate them right now, and then we will later find out? Boom! These people are awesome, and now you love them, and everything they did was justified, and you guys are suckers. Eh, I don't know because I find I I don't know because there are certainly some terrorist causes that are just. You can certainly argue that there's been some terrorist causes that are just, and you know, okay, if you want to be maybe. blunt about it, the founding of our co- country was a terrorist <laughs> movement that we fucking laud and celebrate every every year. Sure, sure. Um, but to the extent that you use violence and coercion, cohere- I mean, sometimes it's like one of those things where it's, it doesn't matter how righteous your cause is. Yeah, the methods you know, the are Martin Luther's and the Gandhi's are the ones that win, the ones that actually take up arms and, you know, uh, our founding of our country, notwithstanding, are the ones that lose in history. I, I, I don't know. I, I can't imagine them taking us on a redemption arc. Yeah, I, at this point, I can't either. Um, I just wonder if they'll try it. It would be a mindfuck if it turns out that there is this concept of the white god, you know, the universal Judeo-Christian or the pan-dimensional god, and he approves of their method. Like, this is the kind of shit that he actually would be down for. Okay. <laughs> like, you know, and we talked about what a fucker he was when it comes to Job. Uh-huh. It would be kind of interesting if it turns out that the guilty remnant is I do have God's approval and there's some kind of miraculous saving of them at the end. Oh, geez. I don't know how satisfying that would be or uh. how subversive and up in arms people would be about it, but that could be interesting. Yeah, I, I personally might be up in arms because of, you know, the scheme that was perpetrated on me with Lost. I feel like... That was a show that I was a little bit tricked into, and by the end, it became a different show that I was not wanting, uh, and probably would not have watched had I been given that synopsis up front. Oh, let me raise your blood pressure a little. Oh, boy. Uh, since we're on a tangent, I saw an interesting thread on Reddit yesterday uh-huh. where people are speculating, what if the 2% are actually the people that survived, yeah. and 98% <laughs> oh, are actually living, uh, actually did get oh, raptured. But they're in this purgatory sense where they're actually sorting. Uh-huh. So the purely virtuous 
left behind on Earth, all the kind of gray assholes. Wait, wait, wait. The purely virtuous? Well, I don't that know. That can't be true because there were child abusers. No, no, no. And... no the 2% are left behind. They're That's the only ones that are truly innocent and good. No, because the judge was left behind. The No, they were taken. But I'm in saying your flip scenario, the In your scenario, the 98% are taken. And the 2% are left to in the meek to, in to inherit the earth. But they're not the meek. They're the child abusers. No, they're the son judges. of a bitch, man. The 98%. No, the guys on the flyers are oh, the Oh, yeah, you're right. All yeah. right. Okay, well, fuck that. But let's say. <laughs> okay, they're not virtuous. The, the, they're they're just... 98% are walking around and they're trying to sort themselves into heaven and hell. Maybe those are people that were either purely innocent or purely evil, and everybody else, okay. the, ju the jury's out on us, and we're sorting ourselves by our actions. Yeah. It yeah. is a test, and it turns out this is per planet purgatory. Oh, my God. It's That is as lost as it could be. <laughs> You can't get loster than that? There's no. No, I don't want any part of that show, man. <laughs> Nothing about that sounds good in any way. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, just saying, it was a theory I saw. Yeah. Uh, I want to say one other thing that I thought was really cool. Um, the, a little visual trick they pulled when Tom's telling Christine to leave her shoes behind. Oh, and okay. then they go forward to Tom or um, to Kevin sleeping in Tom's old room, and uh -huh. they're they're focused on the bronze kid shoes. I thought yeah. that was an interesting. They do that a few times when when Kevin tries to call Tom and gets the disconnect notice on his phone. Uh -huh. Tom is sitting there with in the very next cut with Flipping the with phone his in phone. his hand, waiting right. for the call from Wade or from Wayne. Uh, I like that. I liked some of the other cinematography that that was uh, going on in that scene where she's giving him the divorce papers. There, there's some really cool shots with the Christmas tree lights, like super overexposed in the background mm -hmm. and just uh, really blurry and very cool looking. I, I forget what that effect is called. It reminded me uh, of this it's just year. The, depth of the field effect that's really cool. Uh, this year, we, we got these little goggles that you could put on and it would make every point of light you looked at either look like snowmen or snowflakes oh, yeah, yeah. or Those Santa cool. Claus faces. It reminded me of that effect. Yeah. Which I highly recommend if you got like Lowe's or Home Depot's, you could buy those at Christmas time. Super fun for the kids. Mm hmm. Um, two other things I want to talk about, uh, which is Kevin and Nora. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting. They are going to bone. For sure. For sure. There is a viewer that asked us to put an over or under on when they will bone. Uh, and I can't remember. Oh, it's JD. He said over under 2.5 episodes before Kevin and Nora get it on. I said under way under like cold open next episode under. Okay. I could see that, yeah. There was a ton of chemistry between those two. Yeah, and they, they both identify with each other with the uh, the cheating spouses, although at this situation, he was a cheating spouse, and she kind of liked the answer he gave, which was a non-answer. Like, I don't know why I did it. No, I feel like they're both the antithesis of the things. Are, let's go with me here. Okay. His wife, as far as we know, lost nothing. In, yeah. in the apocalypse, in the rapture, the departure, whatever, and she is stoically going forward. Uh huh. Okay, and not losing her shit, and being a stolid member of community, and trying to help those who departed, versus his wife who lost no one and flipped her shit. Um, he is a man who cheated on his wife and is open about it and is not trying to apologize for it, and contrast to her husband who seemed to be this great family man. Yeah. And secretly was cheating on him with her preschool teacher. Do you think that there's like some kind of yin or yang polarity where they're both attracted to that quality I, in each other? I think so. Yeah. And I think that's what the scene was kind of getting at. 
I'm a little confused as how as to how that relates to Lori because he obviously, from what we can tell, hid that from her. Sure. Or maybe he cheated on someone with her. I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. It's not totally clear on the timeline there. Um, other than you know, she left six months ago, so it's a fairly recent thing. Right. Uh, it happened three years. Uh, like two years, but the and guilty eight remnant are the... also a very recent thing. I don't think they had a happy marriage yeah, until six true. months ago, for damn sure. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the other thing I want to talk about is Matt replacing the baby Jesus. Did not seem to be a man about to be on a rampage. No, Mm-mm. he seemed pretty happy. Is I it mean, the calm it were... before the storm? So, so the timeline here, I think, is. Matt's storyline just happened because Nora says that she just found out that her husband cheated on her. Yeah, they're playing with the time a little bit. They're rewinding and yeah. kind of catching us up with everything that was going along around. Mm-hmm. And and really that thing with Matt was was only like a four-day yeah. capsule. So it could be within the same week that that's happened. Certainly. It could be, or it could have been four weeks ago or three, you know, but whatever. Seems like it's happened within the last six weeks. Yeah, and I think we're like eight weeks out from when the show started at this point. Yeah. Something like that. Uh, yeah, he, he seemed to be pretty happy. He didn't seem like he was going to go burn down any churches, as I guessed last week. Okay. Uh, that's all I have to talk about the episode. Did you have anything else? Uh, did you notice that the truck Kevin is driving at the end of this episode is the dog shooter's truck? Oh, yes. Do you think that means anything as far as it relates to Kevin's mental health? Rolling the dice with another Chrysler product. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no he did not learn his lesson uh no man i i that's still one thing that they've uh it i feel like this is a little linda Laffy that that they are steadfastly refusing to answer those big questions that they that they raised in the first two episodes and they're going yeah um that they're going they're they're not giving us the answers and i'm going to officially be restless with it if next episode is not address it either yeah i i like to call bullshit on this as well because he's not a registered vehicle kevin the chief of police his car breaks down so what does he do oh he grabs another car doesn't matter if it's fucking registered big deal has no plates no problem let's drive it around town who's gonna pull him that's the fucking problem it's another abuse if he pulls me (laughs) over and i've got a car without plates or registration i'm fucked i'm i'm getting my car impounded were you born yesterday what i know this shit happens i'm saying it shouldn't and we shouldn't (laughs) stand for it right okay like it's being glorified on the fucking screen you can't you Mm. can't do that i hate that shit Mm, okay so yeah i i don't know it's something that annoys me but do you think it says anything about his mental state you think it's just another question mark i mean it's bagel 2.0 again is it weird that this is still on his property six weeks after we're i think so that we're assuming that 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 and there's been no forensics and now he's just driving it as if it is his car you would think so yeah 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 that is weird <laughs> that is that is uh you would think that a chief of police could just get another fucking squad car and he wouldn't have to drive around the crazy dog catcher man's stuff you would think so. Also, we are past the point in time where dog catcher said to meet him up and do some more dog killing down by the school. Oh, yeah. We're way past that. Uh, did that actually happen? Are we going to get a flashback? I don't know. Maybe. I've seen the preview for next week, but I don't know how much we want to talk about that. Not any, because I haven't. I've been... Okay. And then we kind of moved away from discussing the preview shit. All right. Uh, so, okay. That's, I think, an episode. 
I'll do some pimping, and then we got quite a bit of feedback to get through. If you like what we're doing here in Bald Move, first of all, know that there's tons more stuff going on at baldmove.com. We've got Orange the New Black. We've got True Blood. We've got a TV discussion of The Strain and Masters of Sex and The Bridge and a bunch more stuff that I'm probably forgetting. Uh, Falling Skies that we update. Uh, we're just about to start our Breaking Bad rewatch. We're going to get a couple uh, episodes in the can and then be recording special feedback segments for those. So uh, if you want to send us in feedback for the first couple episodes, you can do that at BreakingGood at BaldMove.com. But anyway, we're working hard for you guys, uh, and we are almost entirely supported by the listeners, you guys. And there's a couple ways you can do that. Number one, go to subbable.com slash baldmove. And uh, you can see the pitch and see the kind of rewards you can get. And it's simple. You can subscribe to us uh, for a one. You can give us a one-time infusion of cash. You can pay us a buck a month or you can do whatever you want. That stuff goes directly into producing our podcast and letting Jim and I uh, have the time and energy to do that. And you can. Yeah. And if you don't, we're just going to break into your houses Take your money out of your wallet and leave you pieces of paper that say, stop wasting your money. Steal the nudes of your your wives and husbands and sell them on the internet. <laughs> it's it's uh, our other other venture we've been working on. Yeah. Uh, hotspousalnudes.com. Next Bald week, subsidy. we're going to do this podcast entirely on notepads. <laughs> <laughs> Bet, uh, man, that's, are we going to have webcams or just going to be? No, no, no. All right. It's all still right. a podcast. Uh the so anyway, go to bald or subbable.com slash bald move because the other thing is you can also redeem uh, some of your uh, contributions into fun prizes and uh, custom content. Check that stuff out. Also, if you're an Amazon shopper, please use amazon.baldmove.com because it's the same shopping experience for you, it's the same prices and shipping. We just get a tiny cut of the action and we love it. And if you can't do any of that, uh, people say, you know, I, I'm times are tough. Don't have any money to give. I don't use Amazon. What can you do? Sure. Well, if you're an iTunes user, rate and review us on iTunes because that really helps grow us our network. And if you can't do that, I know you got some friends or family member unless they all got departed, in which case you have my sympathies and, and an exemption from what I'm about to say. But otherwise, uh, you know, share our stuff on social media. Tell friends and family. Uh, help us grow the network. And uh, we appreciate everybody from the listeners to the people that support us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, uh, send some feedback that you can get in on at uh, leftovers at baldmove.com or you can go to facebook.com slash baldmove for our live show watches and uh, our podcast threads. You can leave feedback there. Got a bunch of it. Let's see. First up is Crowbar Markey from New Jersey. I'm a full-fledged fan of Lost and have grown to love this series. It's so intriguing. But what I particularly love is that this series can go the route of True Detective or American Horror Story where they can switch out the cast every season and show different stories and how they deal with the departure. Hmm. I'm not sure how many seasons they can possibly accomplish from one book, so I'm assuming they were going to diverge a lot from the source material, and hopefully the ratings don't deter HBO from continuing this wonderful series. Uh, don't think the latter is true. Do you think that this could be an anthology where they go to a different town, a different family? It would be a very different show because they don't have to explain – they don't have to do any groundwork, right? Right. What What is the GR? Well, we probably know by the end of this season. Sure. Uh, what is Wayne's cult doing? We probably know. So I I don't know how much there is to mine just aside from the drama of this event at that I, point. I don't know how many seasons they could get out of this. That, that's true because a lot of this is 
in the is it real or is it not? Yeah. You know, very similar to Lost. Um, I I don't I, – I just don't know if this show's got legs beyond a season or two. Yeah. Like, yeah. is this going to be compelling three seasons out? Now, if they could come up with stuff, vignettes like they did last week, I could watch shit like that all day long. Sure. Because it doesn't yeah. really hinge on any kind of metaphysical understanding. It's just one a portrait in the one person's personal hell. Um, I but I don't. But the other thing is that's kind of exhausting. I don't know how many is that seasons why you I could watch put up TV? with that. See per, people's personal hells. Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's that's I, I watch TV for a great many reasons. Okay. I think I watch this show because of the feels. The feels. All right. I watch it partially for the feels, partially for the unraveling of the mystery. Yeah, I'm not. Like that. I don't. I secretly. I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by the theories, but I mm-hmm. don't really put a lot of my own out there because I I'm kind of suspecting that people that are too hung up in the mystery are going to be profoundly disappointed, and I don't want to be one of those. I'm I'm the guilty sure. watcher. Yeah, I just I don't keep score when I theorize, so yeah. it's like yeah, I I miss a prediction, I hit a prediction. It's fun to do it. It's right. just fun to see kind of where you think things are going and then where they actually go. Uh, hey, Fraz from Louisiana says, guys, did you notice that when Matt was dreaming, he had a vision of his hands on fire when Kevin had his yeah. dream and he awoke with his feet on fire? That's got to mean something. But what I have in a clue, love to hear your take on it. I want to see the crazed, the crazy bearded German man's dream where his dick's on fire. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's why he took his pants off. Yes, he woke up and his pants were on fire. Yeah, you got the top, you got the bottom. Now let's get the middle. Get the fast acting, ten acting on that stuff, man. <laughs> that's that's what uh, John Madden it's does. Tough acting, but yeah. Oh, the tough acting. Uh-huh. Well, if, uh, when your balls are on fire, you, you want tough <laughs> yeah. and fast action. You definitely do. Thom said, uh, talked about me dismissing Matt's dream. He had a couple mm. of different takes on it. The one I want to talk about is on the metaphorical slash purely show level. Um, says here, the question, why do you persist refers to the work and revealing the taken, but it's also, also an alternative to his job, like persistence in joining the guilty remnant. In this show, we see various spiritual reactions to the disappearance in the guilty remnant, Wayne's huggy cult, the nihilism of the teenage sex party and various other characters and Matt's detective mission. The show is suggesting that joining the GR is the easy path for Matt since his obsessive work has left him with few followers and without a church. In the mm-hmm. dream, he is, of course, fucking Lori, who is a GR member, and Down is telling, is handing out the service pamphlet in the entrance to the church and tells him that it isn't too late, meaning to join the guilty remnant. Lori is one of the first people we see when Matt enters the church. In real life, I'm not sure if that's true. I didn't see Lori in the audience, but I'm not saying it's not. Yeah, I don't remember seeing her either. In real life, the guilty remnant are hanging around Matt, and of course they buy out his church. If he were to join the GR, he would have an instant spiritual community with a collective purpose and a house of worship and operations. Matt, of course, must walk the path of Job and resist joining. If this is a correct reading, then it's interesting that the show would be seeming to set up Matt's work as a difficult path in relation to the newly popular cults of the guilty remnant. Whereas the guilty remnant see themselves walking the difficult path in relation to people going about their everyday lives. It should definitely be interesting to see the interaction of these two widely asymmetric spiritual camps going forward. That is a fairly compelling theory that Matt eventually is going to join the guilty remnant. And that is really where he kind of belongs in this world. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe at this point he has. Who knows? He's an acolyte at this phase. 
Yeah, well, I mean, when he's placing the baby Jesus back in the manger, maybe he has, you know, Liv Tyler's not wearing white. She's still talking. That's what I'm saying. He's I, I call so them the acolytes, has... the initiates. Okay, okay. Yeah, maybe he went into that church right. when he was out there staring at it. Yeah. Talk to him. Michael VC said something I noticed rewatching the scene with Kevin and Lori, the quick moment of dialogue between Kevin and his daughter. He says it's complicated, and Jill says, let me know when it gets simple. This could be a meta commentary on the show Haters. Doing <laughs> a search on Twitter, so many people say, I don't get it, or there's no answers, or what's going on. My personal opinion, I love complicated shows that don't spell everything out. I don't really get why people want paint-by-numbers television. But then again, NCIS is supposedly the highest-rated show on television, and I don't know a single person that watches CBS. The show is really good, and I love that it's complicated and smart and not afraid to be what it is. It's the difference between a show that is artfully done in a show that is not, right? Well, art is supposed to make you let you make your own interpretations. I agree, but I think that there's shows like Breaking Bad and Boardwalk and even to a lesser extent The Wire that can be enjoyed on multiple levels. Yeah, oh, definitely. You can enjoy yeah. like you can you can put your brain in neutral and have a great time watching Breaking Bad. Oh yeah. This show does not have any sizzle. It's all steak, and it's tough, chewy, gristly bitch of a steak that you got to muscle through. <laughs> a lot of it is. I mean, the just pure human drama of last episode it was not fun. Was worth. Did you have fun? No. Was it uplifting? No. It, okay. In that sense, no. That's what I'm saying. It was it's, not fun to watch. It's, it was. It's it eating was, your vegetables. But it was not open to interpretation, right? This guy's life was miserable and shitty. Sure. In other ways, it was definitely open to interpretation. Yeah. No. And so I, it's got two levels to it, which I like. And I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for, like, people that don't enjoy yeah, yeah. that. Like, I hate modern art. Okay. I don't think I'm a <laughs> cretinous uh, Philistine, uh-huh. but I just fucking don't get it. Like, a red square on a otherwise blank canvas does not compute to me as art. All right. And it makes me angry to talk about it. I think that there is the, <laughs> there's the equivalent of this, where, like, people don't want to watch emotional, intellectual torture porn for television, I don't think that's a that's not a irrational position or a less that's educated valid. Yeah, yeah, like I want to be entertained, man. I am a so yeah. like like if someone came in and said, hey, I'm a social worker. I deal with homeless and crazy people all day long. I don't want to fucking see shit like this on television. Sure, fine, man. That's cool. There's- no, I I think we are we are the bagels in the oven of <laughs> of snobbery when it comes to television. Right, we're walking this fine line where. We enjoy the really interesting kind of speculative, artfully done stuff. But, I, dude, I'm watch. I'm going to see The Expendables three. I watch like, True Blood I've seen every Expendables week. Expendables one and two. I watch Falling Skies. Like, I'm not on. I'm not on board with the idea that television always has to be bigger than just what you see on the screen. Right on. Like, I can enjoy watching a. a Show that is not that great if it's fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tommy, oh, wait, wait. Joe N said, I think this episode is mediocre and meandering and didn't address any of the potentially cool world-building stuff they set up in episode one or two. That, and I don't care about any of the characters except for maybe two or three, which is going to make going forward tough. No shame in tapping out, Joe. Sure. Joe Rogan would be the first one to say, <laughs> no shame. If your shoulders are wrecked anyway, <laughs> yeah. tap out. and Before the show just breaks you. Yeah. You, you don't it does want irreparable that. harm. You don't want your television watching career shortened by this show. No, no, no. Uh, tap out. It's, it's, there's no shame in it. 
Mm-hmm. Tommy A said, Jim. Got you in a reverse Kimura. <laughs> <laughs> Taking you down. Just just be free of it. Double reverse gonorrhea. Uh <laughs> Tommy A said, Jim and Aaron, I have to get this off my chest. I fucking despise the guilty remnant. Good. I hate the way they're portrayed. I hate their mannerisms. Yep. I hate their faces. I hate the things they do. <laughs> I have no patience for these kinds of people. I find myself violently giving the ringleader lady of the GR double middle fingers yes. every time her I smug... I did too. Uh, I did too. Me too. Every time her smug fucking face is on the screen. Fuck them stealing people's pictures. It's fucking this half of this thing is devolving in all caps email, just so you know. Okay. It's fucking inexcusable. I hate the GR more than Lori from The Walking Dead, which is saying something. Yeah. I hate these fuckers in every way possible. The gall that these motherfuckers have to invade people's privacy with their bullshit. And now they're stealing people's prized possessions. Possibly the last images that people have of their lost loved ones. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. I've never hated any characters worse than them in the history of fiction. I was praying <laughs> to Plastic Jesus that Kevin would run over his wife with that fucking dodge yep. that no one seems to mention. Oh, and what the fuck is up with that? Kevin has his big-ass truck out of nowhere and his daughter doesn't say anything. His co-workers. Point of fact, they've all noticed why it's still sitting there is anybody's guess. I'm the one that had the elaborate... Uh, frostbite torture porn fantasy involving Lori getting stuck in a grater and getting mauled by wild, uh-huh. rabid, mystical dogs. I'm right there with you, man. Sure. And actually, it's one of those things where I feel like I've gazed in my own heart of darkness and I've kind of scared myself. Like, wow, <laughs> that, that, that came from a dark place, Aaron. She probably doesn't actually deserve that, but that's what I want to happen to her. I will say that... There are characters like Lori Grimes who are unintentionally maddening, mm, and then yeah, the, yeah. these people, like the like the King Joffreys, yeah, that it's a performance. Sure, getting you to hate characters that much is every bit as hard as getting you to care about characters. And it's the writing, it's the direction, yeah. it's the performances. That smug face that makes you want to rip it off—that is a lot of work and craft goes into that. And I respect it. You're totally right. Even that flat effect that makes me want to strangle Lori and, and leave her in the gutter uh, is, 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 is art. It's art, man. <laughs> okay. It's an artful front face. Yeah. <laughs> I really Ru- love what you did with your face in that scene. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> it made me absolutely hate you. I, I wasn't doing anything yeah. with my face. No, but I really hated you. Right. Did you <laughs> did did you like hit yourself in the head with a hammer and then inject your face with Botox to get that? I just it's a fantastic. Cause it's like you're waking up under deep anesthetic. <laughs> That's just my face. That's just my face. <laughs> Resting hate face. <laughs> Ryan M said, I hope I'm the first one to email this theory in. The BJ in this week is obvious, the AC less so. However, doesn't Antichrist make a lot of sense? What would you guys think if they go full-on religious and the Asian woman's unborn child is supposed to be the Antichrist? My theory, the child will have some sort of ambiguous power similar to Walt on Lost, and it will be up to the viewer to decide whether they're real or there's a scientific explanation. Uh, Refresh my memory. What powers did Walt have other than the ability to summon a Labrador retriever? Uh, The ability to age himself out of the show. (laughs) I don't. I don't know, man. Uh, I don't remember. They hinted it's been so long since I've seen like that. that. I felt like that was like more some kind of prophetic bullshit that that never actually happened. That's one of the reasons I stopped yeah. watching the shows because it was long on hint and promise yeah, and yeah. short on delivery. Sure, I feel like there's a tightrope act going on here in this show as well. I'm I'm wondering if they'll ever resolve it or if they'll just leave us dangling. Um, having having some kind of we um. 
unfathomable, unknowable, almost uh, Cthulian mythology god reveal that's behind all this, hmm. I'm all in. Really? That does not scare okay. me a bit. Um, I think that stuff is interesting as hell, and but, I would I would watch it. But you're assuming that he's going to manifest himself in some way that makes it blatantly obvious that he exists, right? I know. I mean, if it's just like just weird, weird shit, like like again, brakes failing, like, like cars, cars turning. Like if this off. baby just drives people that in in his care insane, that would be cool. Because maybe that's not the baby. Maybe it's something else doing it. Maybe it's the experience. Yeah, no, it's weird. It's also extra weird when you throw in the idea that Kevin might be going crazy. I mean, like but then again, the if, this, if this baby comes out crying, bubbling pitch, I think that would be cool too. Like, all right, I'm down for whatever. I'm gonna be checking him for pipes <laughs> and stuff going into him. Uh, the tubes comes <laughs> back. Comes, tubes. comes back to the tubes, man. Uh, it always does. Kevin F. said, another great episode this week, but the opening is what struck me. The Black Keys. I'm not the one playing over mm. the making of the Jesus doll. Weird symbolism going on as the people of Mapleton and the world seem to think Jesus is no longer the one. See, when Kevin shows the dance crowd, he found the baby doll and no one gives a shit. As the lyrics yeah. go, you wanted it all, but I'll give you none because I'm not the one. Mm. Baby Jesus singing the blues in the key of the Black Keys. So are the Black Keys the answer in this episode? Are we supposed to see the falsehood of uh, all these ideas about baby Jesus? I, I I feel like we discussed that. Is that a, is that a clue as to what the writers are thinking? I feel like the writers are so far. The writers are playing a lot of cards face down and keeping the others close to their chest. Yeah, I can't say definitively either way, and both possibilities are maddeningly open. Okay, better yeah. start seeing some answers in the next week or two, or I'm going to get a little yeah. fidgety. I want to see him take a bite of those bagels, goddamn it! <laughs> and I want to see the bagel shit come out the next day. I, yeah, I want I don't to wanna be satisfied. S- I want to sa- scientists to analyze this tool sample and say, <laughs> "This was bagels. within a ninety-seven percent degree of accuracy that this is actually bagel shit." <laughs> Pablo L said, "I'm hundred percent over the fact that this show will mainly deal with people after the fact and not the mystery." Because mm-hmm. once again, not even a full five minutes into the show, we see full frontal male crazy nude. Yeah, hair dude talking about the darkness inside Christine Wayne's baby without floppy dick supposedly knowing she's pregnant. And then Kevin driving the truck after his car mysteriously shut down in a way that makes no sense. And nobody caring. People just seem to uh, don't seem to question the crazy fucking happenings. Who are the people that are supposed to question Kevin driving the truck? The fucking twins? Maybe his sidekick, his uh, his partner, or whoever that guy is, his subordinate. But we didn't see... Was he driving into the school function? I don't think so. Because the... it was after he got the mission from the mayor to go get the baby that his car broke down. Yeah. So I assume at the school he actually had the charger, and then probably the second time that night when he showed up to the school, he must have had the truck. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know. I really don't. I really don't. I feel like the Charger, or him getting the truck out was just, he was like in full-blown, because you saw the way he was driving. Yeah. And pissed, he was in full-blown crazy person mode. I feel like that was kind of like a manic manic thing, and mm. that after he calmed down, maybe he got the Charger and got it fixed or swapped out with the squad car. I don't know. Well, but I don't see any evidence, out. and there could and I could be a jackass, and we actually saw him pull up in the truck, and I just didn't pay attention. Yeah, yeah. But... There's so many people losing their shit about this. Maybe that's the case. I mean, the only person who really thought the truck was super weird was the other cop, the Doughboy cop. Yeah. Right? 
Yeah, the fact that his daughter, his daughter didn't give a shit. But but again, we're we're skipping around in six weeks at a time. They could have had a guy. It's like, thing. what's up the truck? Yeah, you know that dude to drop the beer off. It's like some kind of weird shit. And they don't talk. They don't talk. That's the kind of shit that would probably make them have a yeah. smart ass snarky half conversation that terminates thirty seconds into it. Probably he'd roll his eyes and slam the door. Matthew B said, "What up? I had to write in after the most recent leftovers. I have never hated a character with so much vitriol as I do Lori Garvey mm-hmm. when she's reaching for that lighter. I was hoping a rabid dog would come rip her face off. <laughs> I think when it comes down to banning her kids, it's a non redeemable quality. <laughs> My God, our audience. Matthew man. B, man, I we need to talk through this shit because <laughs> this is not healthy. This is not healthy. No, we can't be having dogs ripping women's faces off <laughs> with their arms stuck in gutters. That's." Me wanting to round up a posse and just string up the guilty remnant from the street poles like so many yeah, Christmas yeah. angels. I feel like this and show... And pale their asses on the tips of everybody's Christmas tree. This show might actually destroy the country, is what I'm, <laughs> is what I'm seeing here. It's like War of the Worlds. It just, <laughs> it just steamrolls. They're coming up from under us. <laughs> it, just, it, just blow, it just snowballs out of control. It's, it's driving yeah. us all collectively crazy. I guess so. Uh, he continues the GR becoming the bad guys actively with their breaking and entering as one thing, but abandoning kids, especially a daughter in high school, is unimaginable. At least Lori Grimes never left Carl. She never knew where the hell he was, but she was still around. <laughs> Again, she tried. She, she gave a shit. Uh, Half of parenting is just giving a shit, you know? She she gave a shit after the fact. She didn't give a shit enough to watch him. She gave a shit when he got almost eaten by zombies. Well, she's a forgetful idiot, but still, she gave a shit. All right. Uh, JD said, uh, oh, we already talked about the over-under 2.5 episodes before the Kevin and Nora bone fest. Yep. The guilty the guilty bone face. Yeah, I'm definitely way under bone on that, fest. too. Really? Yeah. Okay, good. Next episode, maybe the one after that, but 2.5 is way too much. Good. Uh, looking forward to see his floppy dick, <laughs> no doubt. And I hope she grabs it. I hope she goes right for the tube. <laughs> she... All right. Yeah. Leftovers at baldmove.com, bald, uh, facebook.com slash baldmove, Twitter at baldmove is how you get in touch with us. Do you have any other closing thoughts, Jim? No. See you Sunday night for the live watch on Facebook, and we'll see you next Tuesday for the podcast coverage. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Bye bye.